rocking around the Christmas tree. Have a holy, jolly Christmas. It's the most wonderful time. Jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle Tired of an endless loop of pop Christmas music? Coming December 24th, sacred music for the Christmas season. LutheranPublicRadio.org Serenity Stability Solemnity Lutheran Public Radio, sacred music for the Christmas season. Coming Christmas Eve at LutheranPublicRadio.org twilight years of your life, are you going to look back and say, boy, I sure had great Instagram photos? Would it not be more meaningful if you had a grandchild's hand to hold on to, to sing hymns with you, and to encourage you, say, Grandma, I will see you again. I can't wait. The land that we're talking about, the land of Israel, God owns it. And anyone who's been on it, biblically or otherwise, has only been a manager or a steward. Jesus clearly believed in the Trinity. He rose from the dead, and until you do, I'm going with Jesus as the best witness to the truth of what is meant in the Christian church by the term Trinity. When we're talking about the, the liturgy, what we're not talking about is a style of worship. Rather, we're talking about a theology of worship. Aerobatic pilots, at least this one, love issues, etc. Clear! <laughs> I first heard about this, oh, about a month and a half ago, I believe. We've discussed it a little bit on the air. The Vatican's Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith, their official doctrinal department, had put out a statement to the effect that what they called irregular relationships, including same-sex relationships, were now eligible for priestly blessing. It didn't make much of a splash until, of course, Pope Francis decided to sign on to that statement. Then it made worldwide headlines. Greetings and welcome to Issues Etc., live on this Wednesday afternoon, December the 20th. I'm Todd Wilkin. Thanks for tuning us in. We're going to talk about Pope Francis' declaration on the blessing of irregular relationships. Pastor Heath Curtis will join us. We'll spend some time with Dr. John Bombaro, author of a column titled The Fact and Fullness of Time. We'll be discussing St. Paul's nativity account in Galatians. And then it's this week in Pop Christianity Today, Stephen Furtick's sermon titled the pajamas are a prophecy. He says it's a Christmas sermon, but it's not about Christ. Pastor Chris Roseborough will explain why near the end of the program. Pastor Heath Curtis is pastor of Trinity Lutheran Church in Warden, Illinois, and Zion Lutheran Church in Carpenter, Illinois. He's coordinator of stewardship for the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Heath, welcome back. Always good to be with you, Todd. So I'm curious about the press coverage. The CNN headline was, Pope Francis authorizes blessings for same-sex couples. Is that fair? Uh, that's absolutely fair. That, that, that is exactly what this document does while purporting not to change the Roman Catholic Church's teaching on homosexuality. It has also been reported, this was one of the crawls 
on yesterday morning's local news, Pope Francis authorizes blessings for same-sex marriage. What about that? Yeah, so according to the document, no. And, and here's the confusion. The document states that, you know, so first of all, let's talk about, you know, different kinds of Roman Catholic statements. Different statements have different levels of authority, if you will, in, again, in Roman Catholic theology. So it's one thing for a council to officially promulgate a big statement like Vatican II did. It's another thing for a Roman Catholic pope to, to say, I'm officially declaring this doctrine as a newly clarified doctrine, newly stated, as the pope did in the 1950s when it came to the assumption of Mary into heaven and the Immaculate Conception of Mary. It's another thing for a pope to just say something off the cuff. This is a declaration, is what they're calling this. And specifically, I'll read from the declaration. According to the pastoral vision of Pope Francis, this declaration implies a real development from what has been said about blessings in the magisterium and the official text of the church. This explains why the text has taken on the typology of a declaration. So in other words, this is a big deal. They know it's a big deal. They know they're doing something new, and they're calling it a development about blessings, not a development supposedly in the church's moral teaching, but a development in its theology of blessings. So the, the document states at some length that we're not changing what the church teaches about marriage. Marriage is a lifelong union between a man and a woman for their mutual support and being open to the gift of life. That's not changing. We're not blessing either heterosexual couples living together outside of marriage. We're not saying that's suddenly okay. We're not saying that homosexuality, homosexual acts are suddenly okay. We're not changing the Roman Catholic catechism. But we're saying it'd be just fine for a priest to bless a homosexual couple. If they come to him after church or at a baseball game or you run into him at Walmart or you're at a shrine or you're at pilgrimage and you say, hey, you know, Father John, could you give me and my, I mean, it says they're blessing same-sex couples. So what are they going to call each other? Me and my husband, me and my boyfriend, could you give us a blessing? The priest is now instructed to be open to giving them a blessing. And good luck trying to square that, because the idea is I can completely change the, the church's practice. I can completely change the visible ministry of the church, how we act toward people, and not change the theology of the church. So what's deep, I mean, there are many, many things in this document. They're deeply interesting, deeply troubling, but it's really something for all Christians to think about because it's a teachable moment to teach our people not only clearly what the Bible says about homosexuality, but also to think about the connection between the doctrines that we teach and the actions that we carry out in the name of the church. You've read the entire document. Did you find any positives? Again, I'll respond to your question with a question. If I walk up to you and say, Todd, I'm, I'm glad we're such great buddies, and then I hit you in the nose, can you find anything positive in that? And you could say, well, yeah, you, you said we were friends. <laughs> That's exactly what this document says. So on the one hand, I, I guess I can say, yeah, it's really positive that the Roman Catholic Church 
says it's not changing its doctrine on homosexuality. And I, I want to read from the Roman Catholic Catechism on homosexuality. And it says, basing itself on sacred scripture, which presents homosexual acts as acts of grave depravity, church tradition has always declared that homosexual acts are intrinsically disordered. They're contrary to the natural law. They close the sexual act to the gift of life. They do not proceed from a genuine, effective, and sexual complementarity. Under no circumstances can they be approved. I might like to add some wording into there, right? I would like to echo the way the scripture teaches and just say very clearly, homosexual acts and desires are sinful. But that's the only thing I would want to change or add to that statement from the Roman Catholic Catechism. That's a great, clear statement. This document, Fiducia Supplicans, this document says we're keeping that doctrine. It says we're keeping the doctrine of marriage. And again, broadly speaking, Lutherans would applaud the Roman Catholic doctrine of marriage, again, with some caveats that we're not going to have time to go into today. So that's great. But how can you say that? that I'm keeping this doctrine, but now you specifically say it's totally fine for a Roman Catholic priest to give a blessing to a, you know, a quote-unquote same-sex couple. So I'm blessing them as a same-sex couple. They're standing here before me because they are in a homosexual sexual relationship, and they're asking me for my blessing. So how on earth could the appropriate response to that situation be for a priest to say, I'm going to give you God's blessing? In fact, the document itself, in its ninth paragraph, says that liturgically speaking, and this is, again, very, it's a different world in the Roman Catholic Church, how they think and talk. So here's the quote, from a strictly liturgical point of view, a blessing requires that what is blessed be conformed to God's will. I couldn't agree more. I can't hand on God's blessing to something that God says is wrong. But then the document goes on to say, but, but you know, we're not going to do this liturgically. We're not, but we can give a same-sex couple a blessing. And also the whole document, again, makes clear that it's speaking not only about sexual relationships that are illicit because they're homosexual, but also sexual relationships that are illicit because they're between men and women outside of marriage. The same thing goes for whether it's me and Jim or me and Sally. If we walk up to the priest, you know, me and Sally are living together outside of marriage. You know, let's ask the priest to bless us as a couple in a irregular situation is how the document speaks. So it's a complete separation of the supposed doctrine of the church and the acts of the church. But we all know that actions speak much louder than words. There's no doubt that the cardinal who's currently in charge of the Congregation for the Defense of the Doctrine of the Faith and the Pope himself have long been pushing for the acceptance of homosexuality and homosexuals apart from repentance. And this, I think, is at the heart of why this is so important and goes to the heart of, of what the real problem is in the Roman Catholic Church. Because if you push at any doctrinal aberration, if you poke at it and think about it and follow it down to its roots, 
it will always attack the gospel itself. It's actually always about the gospel. Every doctrinal aberration, the devil loves those because eventually they get down to the salvation of mankind. And this one gets down to it very quickly. Because again, the Bible could not be clearer. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 and following. Or don't you know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. This doctrine of sin and grace, of humanity is locked in sin, and, and you and I are each sometimes locked in concrete sins. Not sin in the abstract, but we have real sins that really need to be repented of. And what the actions of the Roman Catholic Church are doing today is very clearly with their actions saying to people, you don't really need to repent. The Bible doesn't really mean that. Or maybe we just don't believe what the Bible says about it, but you don't really need to repent if you are living in a homosexual relationship. There's nothing really wrong if you're living with somebody who's not your wife. Don't worry about it. You're fit for God's blessing. That's what these actions are doing. The people pushing this know it's what they're doing. As the largest denomination in the world, it's going to make the lives of biblical Protestants much harder as well, because it's going to be just another push toward acceptance of this in wider society. It's going to make biblical Christians a smaller minority. And that's why people need to know about this. And that's why December 18th, 2023, will go down as a really big day in the life of the church, in the life specifically of, of our church and all conservative Protestant churches in America and around the world, because that's the day when the Roman Catholic Church officially gave up calling homosexuals to repentance and instead said, even though we won't officially change the teaching of the church in letter right now, in practice, you're really fine. Pastor Heath Curtis is our guest. We're talking about Pope Francis' declaration on the blessing of irregular relationships. When we come back, is it a distinction without a difference? Is it a step toward eventually approving of same-sex marriage, as some German Roman Catholics want to do, and what about doctrinal development? This week on The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, we finish up the prophet Micah with What Does the Lord Require? Destruction of the Wicked, Awaiting the Salvation of God, Rejoice not, O enemy, and who is a God like you? Join me, Pastor Will Whedon, for the word of the Lord endures forever. Your daily 15-minute verse-by-verse Bible study on demand. Listen at thewordendures.org or on your favorite podcast provider. When Christ came to earth, he did not come as a fully formed man. Rather, he took on flesh in the womb of the Virgin Mary. He became a lowly embryo and thereby, in this act, made every child a gracious gift of God. No asterisks, no footnotes. 
To learn more about the blessing of children, pick up the December issue of The Lutheran Witness, cph.org slash witness, or our website, witness.lcms.org, to learn more. The Lutheran Witness, helping you interpret the world from a Lutheran perspective. Educating a new generation of Lutherans. You're listening to Issues Etc. This is Pastor Matthew Harrison, President of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. The LCMS operates the second largest parochial school system in the United States. What can you expect from a Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod school? There's one race, the human race. And Jesus died for the sins of every man, woman, and child from every land and every nation. Life begins at conception. All life is precious from womb to tomb. And every student, parent, and teacher is created in the very image of God. There's right and wrong, and we know which is which from the Ten Commandments. There are only two sexes, male and female, he created them. Marriage is the lifelong union of one man and one woman. There's such a thing as objective, absolute truth, and it's found in the person and work of Jesus Christ and his word. To find a Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod school near you, visit lcms.org schools. Welcome back. I'm Todd Wilkin. We're talking about Pope Francis' Declaration on the Blessing of Irregular Relationships. Pastor Heath Curtis is our guest. Pastor Curtis, I'm wondering as I'm listening to you kind of thread your way through the equivocations of this document and of the Pope's approval of this document. In the end, it's a distinction without a difference. They're saying, well, we can bless them and their relationships, but we're not going to bless their unions or their marriages does it make a difference, really, in any practical sense? Yeah, the word that I would use to describe the entire document actually is cynical. It's a very cynical document because, of course, commentators on both sides, for and against the regularization of homosexuality and homosexual relationships, everybody is saying, well, this is a a distinction without a difference that this clearly indicates that the church is is now open to let's just say not really worrying about whether or not someone is living a sexually unchaste life in a homosexual relationship or in a sexual relationship outside of marriage and i'll point toward the end of the document now in section 41 to talk about just how cynical this is thus beyond the guidance provided above, no further responses should be expected about possible ways to regulate details or practicalities regarding blessings of this type. So right in the document toward the end, they say, we've said everything we're going to say in this document, and we're not going to go back and clean up any messes. Don't expect any more guidance. It is throwing open the gates to chaos. And you know, you mentioned that word of this had leaked out some months ago, and that was back in July of this year. The document was kind of shared behind the scenes, and, and word got out in the media and Vatican watchers that this was probably coming down the pike. So people have been waiting for this. They knew it was coming. Document came out on Monday, and already one of the uh, big 
Jesuit priests in America, Father Martin, who has been really pushing for the regularization of homosexual marriages. And by the way, I mean, here's a priest, and there are several Roman Catholic organizations, Roman Catholic priests, prelates even, who are out there pushing for the acceptance of homosexuality, and they're already not being disciplined for just flat out teaching something that is by the letter against the current Roman Catholic catechism. They're not being told to stop it. They're not being held to account. So that's already been out there. And then even before that, back in March of 2021, the same organization, the Council for the Defense and Doctrine of the Faith, they issued a statement saying there's no way the church can bless homosexual couples because we can't bless what is sin. And I'll just read you headlines from March 2021. Austrian priests respond to Vatican ban on queer blessings with, quote, call to disobedience. Top German bishop not happy with Vatican ban on blessing same-gender couples. Cardinal Kupich, Elton John, and LGBTQ Catholics comment on Vatican's blessings ban. So just in March of 2021, they issued a statement that said, of course you can't bless homosexual couples. The Pope fired the guy who issued that statement. He put this uh, Victor Manuel Fernandez, one of his countrymen and, and lackeys, in this position. And now they've completely reversed course in just the most cynical way. So again, it drips with cynicism. Two years ago, they issued a statement that said the exact opposite. And in a church that doesn't change its doctrine, well, we've just developed a new understanding, not of homosexuality, trust us. No, 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 no. We haven't developed a new understanding of that. No way. This is just a new understanding of blessings. And so it's a cynical end around by people who just don't think that homosexual acts and inclinations need to be repented of. And this is why it goes to the heart of the gospel. Jesus says in Luke 24, repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in my name. You're going to be my witnesses for this in Jerusalem and to the ends of the earth. Jesus connects repentance and the forgiveness of sins. More information on that is all through the book of James. Don't tell me you have faith when your so-called faith is just a faith of mere statements but your actions demonstrate that you don't have faith. This is, once again, an attack on the gospel of repentance and the free forgiveness of sins in Christ. It's a false gospel that says you don't need to worry about your sin. It's no big deal. You don't need to repent of it. You don't need to change at all. Everything is fine. This is the gospel of peace, peace, when there is no peace. This is the gospel and that's a quote from the book of Jeremiah, this is the exact false gospel that was being taught by the false prophets in Jeremiah's day. You don't need to repent. Nothing is wrong with you. Don't worry. God is on your side. Jeremiah's response to that is, you guys are sending people to hell because you won't show them their sin and their need for repentance. That's why this is so distressing. And again, it's going to make the lives of faithful pastors, certainly within the Roman Catholic Church, but it's going to make every faithful Christian pastor's life uh, more difficult because it's just another massive force in society at large that is accepting of homosexuality. 
So is it a step toward full acceptance of both homosexuality and of its institutionalization in same-sex unions and same-sex marriages? It's not likely that Pope Francis will live to see that happen, but they he has fully packed his College of Cardinals with those who will replace yeah. him with someone just like him, and it may fall to the next pope to further develop that doctrine. Yeah, and there you go, right? Because the pope's always got that in his back pocket that he can just develop the doctrine in a new direction. Strategically, this is a bit like, you know, imagine a medieval war between two kingdoms and you've got this castle and I need to attack that. You know, I want to, I want to take over this country. I want to take over my neighbor's country, but he's got this amazing fortress. Well, what do I do? Do I attack the fortress? But you know, then I, I might lose. It's a really tough nut to crack. I might bust up my army. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to surround it I'm just going to bypass it. I'll keep a few guys there to make sure they can't get food and water in. And we're just going to leave that castle there and, and I'll take over the rest of the country. And then eventually the castle will be meaningless. That's what's happening here. The forces within the Roman Catholic Church that want to regularize, they want to say homosexuality is just fine. They want to be just like the ELCA or the Episcopal Church or the Methodist Church that have said homosexuality is to be celebrated. Those parts of the Bible that condemn it are, are just not the Word of God. There's a large minority of people in the Roman Catholic Church, and maybe a majority in the Western world, in the Roman Catholic Church, that want to do that. But there's this castle they're afraid to fight. And that castle is the Roman Catholic Church in her magisterium and in her catechism, which is part of the magisterium's voice, just, I mean, I read it to you, clearly says homosexual acts are acts of depravity, they're disordered. Again, I wish they would just use the word sinful, but whatever, acts of depravity and disordered, good enough. They know that's in there, and they know that that's a castle that, man, they could bust up their organization if they tried to attack that headlong. So in this document and in others of their actions, they're just going to leave that castle alone and go conquer the rest of the territory, by now, every single Roman Catholic priest in the world is now going to do his own thing, is told in the document, you have to do your own thing. The document says there will be no guidance, there will be no liturgical forms printed, there'll be no do this and don't do that besides what this document says. And the document says, here are the guidelines, it better not look like a wedding. It says, don't wear the clothes, none of the trappings that you would associate with a wedding. This is not going to be a wedding. But as long as you don't do that, and every Roman Catholic priest is going to do, oh my goodness, whatever he wants. And I mean, the, the countdown is on until a priest in some diocese where the Roman Catholic bishop is perhaps himself a homosexual and supports homosexuality. He's going to look the other way when a full-blown gay wedding happens in the Roman Catholic Church. I mean, I expect it before Christmas. I don't know, this is a busy week. Maybe it'll be after Christmas. And uh, no one will be disciplined. And maybe entire national conferences of Catholic bishops, maybe in Austria, maybe in Germany, will go even farther. And yeah, th there's a battle going on in that church body for does the Bible really say? And the folks behind this declaration have decided, that, yeah, this is going to be a really good tactic to win what we want without ever having to ourselves argue to just change the catechism. 
We're talking about Pope Francis's declaration on the blessing of irregular relationships with Pastor Heath Curtis. He's pastor of Trinity Lutheran Church in Warden, Illinois, Zion Lutheran Church at Carpenter, Illinois, and coordinator of stewardship for the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. We'll discuss doctrinal development next. If you've enjoyed listening to Issues Etc. in 2023, please make a year-end gift to support this worldwide outreach. For a year-end donation of $250 or more, we'll send you our forthcoming book, Objections Overruled 3, Answering Arguments Against Christianity, and a new recording of 15 hymns featuring the Lutheran Public Radio Choir. You can make a secure online contribution today at issuesetc.org. Thanks for listening, and thanks for your support at the end of 2023. The Lutheran Church Missouri Synod cares deeply for those who protect our nation. Are you or a loved one currently serving? Ministry to the Armed Forces would like to help. We provide devotional literature to encourage faith. Send your mailing address to lcmschaps at lcms.org or call us at 314-996-1337. Those in uniform are comforted with Psalm 28. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in Him and He helps me. The Evangelical Lutheran Church holds that it is God who raises up men to serve His Holy Bride through His office of the Holy Ministry. At Concordia University, Chicago, we prepare men to take the first step on the path by which God leads them to His pastoral office. Are you ready to take the step? I'm Dr. James Ambrose Lee, Chair of the Division of Theology at Concordia University, Chicago. Learn more about the pre-seminary program at CUC by visiting cuchicago.edu. CUChicago.edu. Memoria Press's award-winning Latin programs have successfully taught hundreds of thousands of students across the world. Their easy-to-use, step-by-step Latin curriculum provides students with an academic vocabulary, a mastery of English grammar, and strong critical thinking skills. If you're interested in learning more, visit them at memoriapress.com and use the coupon code LPR24 at checkout. Memoria Press. Saving Western Civilization, one student at a time. Equipping the priesthood of all believers, you're listening to Issues Etc. Thanks to the following congregations for standing with us by becoming an Issues Etc. congregational sponsor. Blessed Sacrament Lutheran, Hayden, Idaho. Faith Lutheran, Groton, Connecticut. Holy Cross Lutheran, Rockland, California. Emmanuel Lutheran, Sheridan, Wyoming. Mount Olive Lutheran, Billings, Montana. Pella Lutheran, Wappen, Wisconsin, Shepherd of the Hills Lutheran, Rathdrum, Idaho, St. Michael Lutheran, Portage, Michigan, St. Peter Lutheran, Dorchester, Wisconsin, and University Hills Lutheran, Denver, Colorado. Find out how your confessional Lutheran church can support this worldwide outreach by including issues, etc. in your mission or advertising budget. Just go to issuesetc.org, click support, donate, and print a one-page flyer. When your congregation becomes an Issues Etc. sponsor, we'll publicize your church on the podcast, at our website, and in the Issues Etc. journal. Welcome back to Issues Etc. I'm Todd Wilkin. Pastor Heath Curtis is our guest. We're talking about Pope Francis' declaration on the blessing of irregular relationships 
Well, since you had uh, speculated there before the break, Heath, there is a New York Times headline Tuesday. After Pope's decision, same-sex couple receives a blessing in New York. So someone has already Babylon bead that one for us pretty quickly. <laughs> that was easy. Yeah, there you go. How do we understand this in terms of doctrinal development? Because if if this can be developed to this point, one would assume that it's not done developing. Yeah, correct. So the notion of doctrinal development is one that is at the heart of the Roman Catholic's teaching of the papacy and the magisterium of the church. And for them, truly new doctrines can be declared. Now, again, that's not quite how they would say it. I want to be fair to the way they speak. They would say that these doctrines, that the seeds of these doctrines are within the Scripture and that the Church is, is simply, its development is unfolding what, what is there. Or uh, G.K. Chesterton, the great Roman Catholic apologist, he compared it to a, you know, a puppy growing into a dog. That as a puppy grows, it becomes more like a dog. It doesn't kind of sort of turn into a cat. Those are fine, I think. I think those are fine metaphors because, for example, it's absolutely true that the church changes the way it speaks because the church has to change the way it speaks to meet new doctrinal challenges from heretics. So the classic example is the term Trinity or saying Jesus has two natures, but he's one person. These terms, Trinity, person, nature, being of one substance with the Father, that term in Greek, uh, homoousian, these terms are not biblical terms. But the church didn't develop the doctrine of the Trinity. What we had to do was come up with a way to more clearly state what the Bible says, because people had more questions so this is how Lutherans, how Protestants in general, would view an appropriate doctrine of, uh, not doctrine, a, a, an appropriate historical explanation of the church's development and its manner of speech. I would say we get more precise in our speech as time goes on, as people ask us more questions. And that just seems reasonable to me. It's something else, again, for the Roman Catholic Church to say, yeah, we know there's nothing in the Bible or even the early tradition in the church about purgatory and there's one man who's able to transfer good works between saints and you to get you out of purgatory later. This is a difference in kind, not in degree. So the Roman Catholic notion of development will allow you to develop purgatory and that the Pope can let some people out early if he wants to, and that Mary was absolutely, definitely, certainly born without original sin and ascended into heaven. None of those things are in the Bible. So Protestants say, well, that's an open question. Maybe God did take Mary up to heaven like he took Moses and Elijah and Enoch up to heaven, but it's just not in the New Testament. So we can't, we'll never be able to say that for sure. The Roman Catholic Church will say, well, we've developed this doctrine from what's said in the Bible, and turns out, yes, Mary absolutely definitely was assumed into heaven. So this is why this document specifically calls itself a development in the doctrine right now, it's just a development in the doctrine of blessings. So what's to stop there to be from being a development in the doctrine of marriage? You know, it'll probably take a little creativity 
And as you said, probably the church, you know, you know, nobody's really ready for that to happen just yet. But again, back to my analogy of, of the castle and the rest of the territory, we're just going to leave the castle alone for now. We're not going to attack directly the doctrine of marriage. But if we take over the rest of the territory around the castle, well, how are they going to eat? If we take over the rest of the territory around marriage, well, then eventually, yeah, maybe a, a pope or two down the way, we'll just be able to develop the doctrine of marriage to have a broader understanding. With about a minute here, do you think this will cause some Roman Catholics to uh, question the, the teaching of papal infallibility? No, I do not. Simply because papal infallibility is the real material principle of the Roman Catholic Church. It's the real foundational doctrine of that church. So I think that you might see a schism in the church. You might see different groups within the Roman Catholic Church say, we're the real Roman Catholics, but none of those groups will ever say, I don't believe in the doctrine of papal infallibility anymore. They, they will all find a way to, to square the circle. Now, will there be individual Roman Catholics who give up on the faith or say, you know what, maybe those Protestants aren't nuts. Maybe I should look into this, or maybe I should look into Eastern Orthodoxy. I, I'm sure there will be a handful. But, but again, this goes to the, the great power of this institution and the centrality of institutional authority in that church, because they are taught from a young age that this is absolutely God's vicar on earth. This is why the Protestant Reformation, Lutherans in particular, have nothing good to say about the papacy. I would bet real money that no, that no, 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 no Roman Catholic will suddenly say, I no longer believe in papal infallibility. They'll just simply say, you might find some that say, I don't think this Francis guy is the real pope, but it won't make him doubt papal infallibility, sadly. With about 30 seconds here, you're Director of Stewardship for the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. How can LCMS stewardship assist congregations in 2024? Every congregation needs the people of God to be living lives of faithful generosity for the work of the church to be done. If we want kids baptized and catechized and confirmed, if we want the Word of God to be taught and preached, we want Lutheran schools to flourish, everything we value about our church, the Lord has arranged it so that all of that comes from within the people of the church responding to God's generosity. We all know this, and just about every church in America also sometimes finds finances to be a real struggle. That's a problem, and the answer to every problem in the church is the Word of God. So what we do at lcms.org stewardship in our resources that you'll find there, in our workshops that you can schedule by emailing stewardship at lcms.org, in everything that we do, we help Lutheran pastors and congregations preach that word of God faithfully so that the people of God can hear that word and respond to it faithfully, and the ministry of the church can be funded in a way that makes it possible for the good work of the church to be done. We'll post a link to LCMS Stewardship on the Talk On Demand archives page at issuesetc.org. Pastor Heath Curtis is pastor of Trinity Lutheran Church in Warden, Illinois, and Zion Lutheran Church in Carpenter, Illinois, and coordinator of stewardship for the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Heath, thank you very much. 
Thank you, Todd. When we come back, we're going to talk about the Apostle Paul's nativity account in Galatians. He says it happened in the fullness of time. Dr. John Bambaro will be our guest. The Issues Etc. Book of the Month for December uses detailed illustrations and rhyming text to tell the story of Jesus' birth. It's titled, N is for Nativity. This new hardcover children's book is published by Concordia Publishing House, their phone number 1-800-325-3040, or learn more about N is for Nativity at issuesetc.org. Use the ABCs from Advent to Zion to teach your children and grandchildren the Christmas story with N is for Nativity. Do you need a rest from the world's headlong rush to Christmas? Someplace where you and your family can slow down and prepare for Christ's birth at the church's rather than the world's pace? A midweek evening Advent service is the perfect time for your first visit to a Christ-centered, cross-focused Lutheran church. Learn more on the Find a Church page at issuesetc.org or send an email to talkback at issuesetc.org. Contending for truth in an age of anti-truth. You're listening to Issues Etc. Many educational institutions are governed by the whims of culture and are increasingly hostile to the Word of God. In contrast, Faith Lutheran School in Plano, Texas, provides classical Lutheran education rooted in God's Word for students preschool through grade 12. Simply put, we equip students to stand firm in the faith through solid education focused on wisdom and virtue. We offer in-person instruction as well as live online classes for remote learning. To learn more, visit flsplano.org, flsplano.org. 